Morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Every Nation Bahrain. My name is Gene. I'm one of the life group leaders uh, here in this church. And uh, I hope you all, you all had a wonderful week. You had a wonderful week? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Ask the person beside you, do you had a wonderful week? Ah, really? Well, uh, for me, it was a uh, very busy week, but uh, thankful, thank, uh, I'm very thankful to God that, you know, His grace was sufficient, and uh, He was uh, able to, you know, I was able to finish my preaching notes for, uh, uh, for this Friday or today. Now, um, please keep on praying for your personal breakthroughs. Right, we know that uh, our prayer and fasting has already, you know, ended, but we will keep on praying. All right, we will keep on praying until something happens. Right, until something happens, and of course, yeah, you push it. All right, uh, I would like to also ask your prayers. Uh, River is not here. Uh, even uh, my wife is not here, so she's uh, she's having a flu right now. So we just decided to have her, you know, stay at home. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're now in our second week of our series entitled Miracles, all right? Yeah. And it's a seven-week series that focuses on the uh, seven signs of Jesus, right? Do, do you remember the seven signs of Jesus? You know, this is recorded or these are recorded in the Gospel of John. Now, uh, the main purpose of these signs or miracles is to point us to Jesus, all right? That's the main purpose, to point us to Jesus as Savior, as our Savior, so that we may believe, and by believing, we will have eternal life. John 20, verse 31, it says there, These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. You know, I had a wonderful time studying, right, uh, and meditating God's Word and preparing for this sermon. Actually, uh, most of my preparation time was during my commute time. Every morning, you know, I spend my time, uh, I spend one, one and a half hours every day uh, going, to uh, going to work via a bus. Yeah, so from uh, Sanad to Manama, it's like one and a half hours. So it was my perfect time for me to, you know, meditate on the Word. And meditate on the Word. And of course, I wanted to hear what the Lord has for us to say. I mean, for what, uh, what the Lord wants to us, wants to hear for us today, you know. Now I am excited, and as you can see, I'm also nervous. You can feel that. <laughs> I can feel it here. <laughs> no, uh, but let's see. Now let's see what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today. And um, if you did decided to know who Jesus is, how many of you decided who you want to follow Jesus and you want to grow your Christian faith? How many of you? Can I see those hands? Yeah. Let me tell you this. This is the right bus. All right. This is not. This is the right bus. And of course, I pray that uh, as I share the word today. 
I can get you where the Lord wants you to be. All right? So, uh, as any good bus driver would do, I will ask maybe, of course, those in front of you, uh, those in, seated in the front, don't, for, uh, don't forget to fasten your seatbelts. Right? Are you excited? Yes. And of course, those in the middle and at the back, just hang in tight. <laughs> All right? Can I ask everyone to uh, uh, bow down? We're just going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you with our hearts ready, Lord God, to receive your word. Your word, Lord God, that restores. Your word that gives life. Your word that is life, Lord God. Let us see. Allow us, Lord God, to see Jesus for who he is. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I invite you to turn your Bibles. Do you have your Bibles with you? I hope you do. I invite you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse, starting in verse 43. And we will be reading from verse 43 to verse 54. So, uh, this is our second week. Again, uh, the title of the message is Healing the Official Son. Alright, so um, I'll be reading in verse 43 through uh, 54 in ESV. Are you guys there? Can, I, can you say amen if you're there? Yeah. Alright. After the two days, he departed for Galilee. This is Jesus. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. Or feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water to wine. Or water, wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official son who was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to, sir, to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him, that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Verse 53, The father knew that was the hour when Jesus said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. Verse 54, This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. You know, one of the many important things we teach the Bible, the way we do every Friday, right? Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, or sometimes book by book, is because we want to help you read the Bible well. Do you get it? We want to help you read your Bibles well so that you can also apply the truth properly in your context, all right? 
So we read the Bible, we know that we, know, we read the Bible not just to get informed or not just for information, but we read the Bible for transformation. And uh, just, a, just a short shameless plug, right? Now we have actually a growing group of people who has committed their, uh, their time this year to read the Bible for, I mean the whole Bible for this year. So using a, a specific uh, Bible reading plan. So if you are interested in joining, please approach Anthony after the service. And I was actually shocked when he said, at 2.30, we're going to finish the service. Oh, wait, I still have to preach the, uh, the, the message. So <laughs> anyway, so uh, just approach Anthony if you are interested in joining that uh, Bible reading group. All right, anyway, so as I was saying, teaching, this, uh, teaching the Bible this way actually helps me it helps the preachers, you know, the preaching team, the leaders, and even you to understand a particular passage, all right, or an individual story, or a specific poetry or prophecy in light of the bigger picture, right? That's the reason why we are teaching verse by verse, yeah, and I'm sure you've noticed that for the uh, for the past, you know, several weeks, starting in John. Um, our faithful pastor in the UAE, uh, Pastor Ray Corpus, he always say that the Bible is one story that leads to Jesus. The Bible is one story that leads to Jesus. And that is absolutely true. Now, I hope that as we study this story, this will lead us to Jesus. Alright? And uh, now, as your leaders, of course, alright, of course, we expect in, in turn, all right, in, we expect that you will learn and you will develop the skill on how to carefully read your Bibles. I'm sorry, did I, did you, did I miss something there? All right, we are expecting here as your leaders that you will know how to carefully pay attention to the text that you are reading. All right? And by developing this uh, observation skills, all right, observation skill when reading the scripture, it is actually the key to understanding the meaning of the text. All right, so I'm going to show you later on uh, how it's done, or you'll probably see me do it. Now, if you, are, if you are paying careful attention, all right, as I read the passage, you probably might have noticed two things earlier when I when we were reading um, the passage two things or maybe two problems all right I say problems because maybe at first glance or at first reading you might think that these verses they don't they don't fit in the paragraph like does this it doesn't make sense like when when you were reading it, it's something jumps off the text and it confuses you because they don't sound right, right? And you were asking, me, why, why did John write this? Or why did he include this verse or this statement at all? All right, so if you were very careful in, uh, in paying attention, these are the two verses that we will be talking about. These two verses alone, right? Verse 44, right? Verse 44, if you have... You can see that in your Bibles. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor 
in his hometown. That's the first one. The second one is verse 48. All right, verse 48. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. All right, those two verses. Are you still here? Can you follow? All right. So let's look at the first one, starting in verse 43, all right? Starting in verse 43, After the two days he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet had no honor in his hometown. The word for, the word for there is, or it can be translated as because, right? It's because. So as we read again, it will sound like this. After the two days, he departed for Galilee because Jesus testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. All right? If we go back in uh, verse 40, Jesus was spending his time with the Samaritans. All right? He's, he preached the gospel there. There was a very, very successful ministry the Samaritans told him, okay, Jesus, can you spend two days with us? Or can you spend time with us? He spent two days. And then after this, he went and to, depart, uh, to depart to Galilee. That's verse 43. So now Galilee was a region where Nazareth was located. Right? Uh, can we share the map? Galilee was the region where uh, Nazareth was located. It was the town where Jesus grew up. Do you remember? Jesus was a Nazarene. He grew up in Galilee. It was in the northern part of Judea and Samaria. So if you look at your, uh, if you have your Bible maps, no, uh, you, can, you can see that Galilee is in the northern part of Judea and Samaria. It was the region where Cana and Capernaum were. Right? Cana and Capernaum, they were uh, in that part of the region. So we can say that Galilee was Jesus' home region. Right? It was his home court. It was, when he comes, there's, there's going to be like a home court advantage. Now, you were expecting this, that there will be a home court advantage. Now, the problem with this verse is that they don't seem to make any sense. Why? They sound conflicting. Have you read again the verse? If we're going to paraphrase, uh, paraphrase the verse, it will sound like this. Right? Jesus came back to Galilee... Because in Galilee, he is not welcome. Did you get that? Or they in Galilee, they don't like Jesus. That's why he's going back there. That's how, that's the meaning of, uh, that's if, if we're going to paraphrase those verses, that's what it means. Or we can imagine Jesus saying, I'm going back home because at home, they don't like me. <laughs> right? It's like, what? What are you trying to do, Jesus? No, are, you, are you trying to get yourself killed? Right? I'm not welcome there. That's why I'm coming back. That's what Jesus was doing. No, that's what he was saying. It's like, you know, Manny Pacquiao, after winning a fight, he flies back to the Philippines because the Filipinos don't like him. This is what the verse, or this verse, two verses, it, they, uh, I mean, it means that way. Huh? 
it would make sense, you know, if the passage goes like this. All right, let's, let's see the other side. Let's assume this was the, uh, this, John wrote this. All right, it would make sense that uh, verse, 40, verse 43 says there, After two days he departed for Galilee because Jesus had testified that he receives special honor in his hometown. That he is welcome in his hometown. That would make sense, right? Or maybe after two days he departed for Galilee, for Jesus said his own people love him. I mean, that would make the flow of the story smoother, right? However, that's not how it was said, or that's, that's, that's not the situation. No, that's not the situation. I mean, does it remind you of something in John chapter 1? John chapter 1 says, He came to his own, and what? His own did not what? Receive him. So Jesus was going to Galilee. He's going back to Galilee because the Galileans don't like him. Why? <laughs> Why, Jesus? Right? What's, what makes this even more interesting, actually, is that the verse that follows, verse 45. Let's see what verse 45 says. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans, what? Welcomed him. Right? So we were saying earlier that Jesus is going back to Galilee because the Galileans don't like him. And when he came there, the Galileans welcomed him. <laughs> right? He decided to go back to Galilee because he said, I'm not welcome there. All right? And when he came there, the Galileans, Jesus, our hero, hometown hero is here. Right? I mean, how? How so? That's the second, uh, second part of the verse, verse 45. It says there, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. It's very important. They welcomed him because they saw the signs that Jesus did in Jerusalem. Verse, uh, if, we re if we read that in John chapter 2, verse 23. John chapter 2, verse 23. When he was, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they, what? Saw the signs that he was doing. So after Cana, he went to Jerusalem. He did the signs there. Many believe in him. There are other Galileans who were there for the Passover feast. They saw the miracles Jesus did. All right? They saw the miracles. So uh, they saw the spectacular. Right? They saw the supernatural. I would, you know, I would assume they would say, now that's something we don't see every day. Wow, that's incredible, right? They were amazed. They were amazed. They were stunned. 
They were shocked. No? They saw astonishing miracles in Jerusalem. And somehow, you know, I would assume, and if you see the succeeding text, they were also entertained. Do it again, Jesus. Here in Galilee. The things you did in Jerusalem, do it here. At home. That's why, come. Welcome, Jesus. Come over. You see the heart of the Galileans? Hmm? You know, there's a kind of welcome that welcomes Jesus for the wrong reason. Hmm? There's a kind of welcome that welcomes Jesus for the wrong reasons. Number one is sign-seeking. Number one, sign-seeking. They only want to see the supernatural benefits Jesus brings, but they did not welcome him for who he is. All right? Sign-seeking. That's number one reason. Number two, is over-familiarity. They were his contemporaries, right? He grew up with them. They know him. They were saying in Mark chapter 6, is not this the carpenter's son? You remember? Is, is, is he the son of Mary? I mean, this is the son of Mary, right? We know, the, you know, we know his brothers. We know James. We know Joseph. We know Judas. We know Simon. We know him. They were very familiar with Jesus. They know him as a kid. Now, when they were playing hide and seek, Jesus know where they are already. <laughs> you can't hide from me. I know where you are. I'm God. <laughs> right? Or maybe in school. Even before the teacher asked the question, look, this is the answer there. Two, one plus one. (laughs) Now, for them, Jesus was just an ordinary man, right? Nothing special for Jesus because they were over-familiar. You know, there was a saying that familiarity, what? Breeds contempt, right? This is the kind of reason why they don't welcome Jesus for who he is. And number three, it's the ignorance of Scripture. Ignorance of Scripture. In uh, John chapter 7, verse 40 to 41, you know what happens was that Jesus came privately to Judea, right? Now this time, earlier it was the Feast of Passover. Now this time, during the Feast of Tabernacles. So the people were looking for him. And then after some time, he went on publicly. He, he went on to teach publicly. And the people were divided. They were saying, you know, when they heard the words of Jesus, some people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. No, but some said, is, Christ, is the Christ to come from Galilee? So they were saying, he's the prophet. The others were saying, this is the Christ. And then some of them were telling, no. The Messiah can't come from Galilee. All right? 
And it goes on to say in John chapter 52, they search and see no, that no prophet arises from Galilee. They were saying that, unfortunately, there were a lot of prophets actually who grew up in Galilee. Micah or Jonah, they were from Galilee. Right? But they were ignorant of the scripture. They were saying no one is going to be raised up in Galilee. It's like Jophar. No one will preach the gospel here in Jophar. Right? It's foolishness to, you know, to have a church here in Jophar. In fact, the first century Jews in general, they thought that the prophet and the Messiah were two different persons. But Jesus was both, right? Jesus was both. So you see, we're sign-seeking. We're either sign-seekers or over-familiar with him or we're ignorant of scripture. And sometimes what we do is we put Jesus in a box. We put him in a box. We limit him. And you know, I'm guilty of this sometimes, no? Or maybe most of the time, I'm guilty of this. And uh, we, we, we try to limit Jesus by what he know, or what we know of him, or by what we want from him, or by what we feel about him. That's what, what, that's, that's what the Galileans were doing. They were putting Jesus in a box. They were seeking signs from him. They were over-familiar. They don't see for Jesus for who he is. You know, can I say, can I say something? I've been saying something no, already. But I'm just going to be brutally honest with you, all right? Uh, if you came here in every nation only for the spectacular, only for the songs, only for the excellent worship service, you know, the vibes, you know, or the popularity that comes with, you know, the prestige of the name, the movement's name, and not Jesus, you are here for the wrong reason. I'm sorry to tell. You are here for the wrong reason. And I say this on behalf of the, the leaders. No, we say this because we love you. If your motive why you attend here is anything but following Jesus, not, other than following Jesus, fishing for people, and fellowshiping, fellowshipping with other believers, then you are missing the whole point. We are a what? Christ-centered church. Christ is at the center. So are you welcoming Jesus for the right reasons? Are we still friends? <laughs> are, you, are, are you expecting the just like last week? No? Or are you just like the Galileans who like to see the fireworks? No. Let's move on. No? And hopefully, these three verses that we've, you know, that we've talked about, it will help us now understand the other problematic verse in the passage, which is now this is the story of the healing of the official son. All right? Let's read verse uh, 46. Verse 46. So he came again to Galilee, or to Cana in Galilee, where he had made water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official, official whose son was ill. 
So the official asked Jesus, right? Lord, please come down. Now when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. So uh, come down meaning from Cana to Capernaum, it's actually 26 kilometers, right? It's about seven hours walk. That's from Bahrain International Airport until uh, Bahrain International Circuit via Sheikh Salman Highway. All right, for our context, that's how far it is. 26 kilometers, um, seven, kilo, uh, seven hours walk on foot. Of course, you don't walk on Manipal. Anyway. Cana was located on, uh, of course, on the hillside portion of the region, while Capernaum was on the seaside. So it's really actually a descending journey. That's why it says there, come down. Come down, Jesus. So it's a uh, downhill travel. Verse, uh, 47, verse 48. All right, verse 48. So Jesus said to him, this is the verse, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Does it make sense now? He was saying to the official, unless you see the sign and wonder, you will not believe. You were saying to see is to what? To believe. I'm not going to show you any signs and wonders. Now here's is actually another shocking response, just like woman. <laughs> right? Woman. He was, uh, he was imploring Jesus to, you know, he was asking him to do something. And then Jesus responded differently. Uh, but you, you, know, you, know the, you know the 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 reason why Jesus was asking. Because he was asking to heal his dying son. And then you hear Jesus saying this. Right? It was actually a desperate call for help. To save his son from death. And his answer was a bit abrupt. He, it, was a, it was blunt. Again. The you there. You. So unless you. If you have. Uh, I mean in Greek. It's translated as you all. It's plural. So Jesus was speaking to the official. But he was directing it to the Galileans. So he was saying, unless you all, unless you Galileans, unless you people, he was saying to the, the official that you Galileans, you just want the fireworks. Right? You just see, you just want to see the signs and wonders. No, so Jesus used this opportunity to rebuke his own people, no? and he exposed their hearts. Uh, this was there in their hearts. They, they just want science. And you guess what? You know, I, I mean, it's isn't it amazing that Jesus, you know, with all his power, with all his wisdom, he never really ran after popularity. Hmm? He never really ran out of uh, ran after popularity. I mean, he's already making. Huge miracles. He's popular already, but he never ran after it. 
But those who were closest to him, right? Those who were those closest to him, his fellow Galileans, they had all the sorts of Jesus, the miracle worker fans club going on. Well, they welcome him only because they want to see the signs to be performed in their needs. They were only after the signs. They're not after Jesus. They just want to use Jesus. Have you ever used Jesus? Lord, I want... Just give me a job. Every Friday, you'll, hear, you'll be here asking the Lord, Lord, give me a job. Then after some time, kalas. <laughs> we, don't see, we don't see you here. You, you've used already your, your ticket. No? Lord, give me a boyfriend. No? <laughs> Have you ever used Jesus? Remember what, the, what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman? I mean, we, we, uh, we read that before. God is spirit, and those who worship him must, spirit, must worship him in spirit and truth. You know, Jesus wants worshipers, not fans. Those who have faith in him, all right? He, he wants those who have faith in him, not who are only there for the show or the prestige of being attached to his ministry. He doesn't want that. He wants faith-filled fa- followers, not sign-seeking supporters. That's what, what Anthony was saying. The Lord desires faith-filled followers, not sign-seeking supporters. So the question is, did Jesus reject the official's request? Did he? Of course not. John 6, 37 says, All that the Father gives me, will, I will welcome, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Alright? So it was, a, it was not a no answer. It's just a test whether he seeks only for a sign or he wants Jesus, the healer. So did he pass the test? Verse 49, the official said to him, Sir, sir, come down before my, before my child dies. No, the official, the, he just simply repeated his plea. He insisted that Jesus come to him before it's too late. You know, one of our pastors in every nation Philippines in Victory, Alabang, he shared his story about losing his son. Uh, he was, uh, who was diagnosed of uh, tuberculosis meningitis, which affected his brain and his whole body. So he recalled in one of the Every Nation blog posts, he said, and I quote, This bubbly and energetic eight-year-old boy who was always the life of the party was suddenly disabled by this debilitating disease. This required him to go through five surgeries in a span of two months. My family and I and the whole church tried to master all the faith that we had to see miraculous healing come to pass. We had continuous prayer meetings. We organized 40-day uh, fasting chain. We laid hands on him, prophesied long life on him. But instead of him getting better, his, his situation got worse. After two weeks of being sick with high fever and sharp headaches, he suffered a half-body paralysis. 
my little athlete who used to play tennis and baseball suddenly could not move the left side of his body. So the situation got worse, he said. And finally, on December 28, 2003, my son died of cardiac arrest and other complications. We felt grief. I felt pain in my heart, almost like a physical pain. I told, I told God in the ICU that it hurts a lot seeing that my only son is dead. No, I did not lose a son. I lost my dreams for him. There are so many plans for him that will not be carried out anymore. So many unfulfilled expectations. I buried him with a heavy heart. It is very, it is every parent's belief that, she, that his children will outlive him and bury him when he dies. But I did not expect that I will be burying my son at a young age. I mean, do you see the humanity in the story? That the father, the official, he was pleading for his son's life. Right? He was pleading for his son's life. It's like the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, you know, who was, uh, whose daughter was severely oppressed by the demon. He, she went to Jesus, and when Jesus told her it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Do you remember that in Matthew 15? She responded by saying what? Yes, Lord, not even, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. It was a desperate ask or a plead. So finally, Jesus says in verse 50, go, your son will live. Right? Go, your son will live. You know, I love the father's response here. This is amazing. You know, verse 50. Verse 50. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Right? The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. No further questions asked. No, he never requested Jesus to perform any miracle just to validate that he can do it. Right? Lord, can you... Can I ask one more thing? Can you perform a miracle before I know that you will, that my son will live? He didn't ask that. Right? He completely entrusted his son's life to the words of Jesus. Right? The official took Jesus at his word. Go, your son will live. Why? Because Jesus' words are enough. How many of you believe that Jesus' words are enough? Verse 51 to 53. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. You see here, Jesus manifested his power again, right? He manifested his power by healing the official son. He healed the son from what? From a distance, in an instant, by a word. That's how powerful the Lord is, no? 
from a distance in an instant by just speaking the word. Now, allow me to ask this very important question. I'm about to close now. What is this story all about? Right? What is this story all about? I mean, we know that. We know that it's about Jesus performing the sign and the sign pointing to him being the Messiah, right? Being the Messiah who will bring healing from, for his people. Right? Malachi chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, it says, For behold, the day is coming for he who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, shall rise with healing in its wings. But what is this story really about? You know, when we understand, let's go back to the two verses, right? When we understand these two verses, we know that this story is not about the Galileans, right? It's not about the Galileans, but it's about Jesus granting one man's request, not because of, but despite of, the fact that his countrymen we're more interested in the miracles, not in him. I'll say that again, because this is very important. This story is about Jesus granting one man's request. Not because of, but despite of the fact that his countrymen were more interested in miracles than in him. You know, from the start of his ministry until the end of it, Jesus kept on giving his, his people signs, right? Signs, miracles. Even they don't, you know, even though we know now that they don't deserve to receive one. But he kept on giving signs. He even rebuked them of their unbelief, but what? He healed them. He fed them. And we're going to see how that plays on no? as, we, as we go to the coming chapters in the coming weeks. So, uh, I was telling uh, Anthony, and I'm about, about, to change, uh, about to end now. I was telling Anthony and uh, Yobi last time, because we were, had a preaching, uh, preaching preparation, and I, I was telling them, you know what, I think I should you know, change the way, or change the approach of the preaching. I mean... I would change it from the way I approached it last week. And here's the reason why I made the change. You know, if we zoom out of the text, all right, if you still have your Bibles, don't close your Bibles, all right, we're not yet finished. If you zoom out of the context, all right, you will notice that only these first two miracles, these first two miracles, Jesus water turning into uh, Jesus turning the water into wine and healing the official son John identified this as first sign and second sign these are the only two signs out of the seven that John identified or numbered those are the only two if you read the whole John all right the other succeeding signs they were not explicitly numbered. That's already a clue to you, all right? So both ended with belief. John 2, uh, verse 11, this, the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, 
and manifested his glory and what his disciples believed in him John 4 verse 53 says the father knew that was the hour and he himself what believed and all his household both ended in belief both John identified that's the first and the second sign both signs were performed in where Cana in Galilee Cana in Galilee all right so John was sort of like he was book ending chapter 2 and 3 and 4 we know that John first John oh John chapter 1 it's the prologue it's all about Jesus John chapter 2 it started with the first miracle John chapter 4 it ended with the second miracle and what's all in between what's all in between because John was telling us something here what's all in between in John chapter 2 he says there uh, Jesus he went to the temple he overturned the tables right in Jerusalem because they were turning the temple into a market they turned the temple into a market there and they asked him what sign what sign are you going to show us that you can you know um, that you who you really are what sign they were asking for a sign what sign and later on in uh, chapter 3 Nicodemus a Pharisee a ruler of the Jews who came to Jesus by night he was asking Lord Jesus we know that these signs that you are performing is you know spectacular no one will be no one is uh, this is from God Jesus was telling him you know unless you are born again you will not see the kingdom of God and of course in John chapter 4 the Samaritans the half-breeds Jesus went and uh, spoke to the Samaritan woman right you remember that in the well and what happened was they believed the Samaritans who were the half-breeds they believe so what do we see here in the middle the middle of these two signs we see that the people who are closest to Jesus they don't see him as the Messiah while the people who are far from him they get it they are the ones who get that Jesus is the Messiah the Jews who were of Jesus I mean he was they were Jesus own people the insiders those who were in the same community they were demanding for a sign but for the Samaritans the outcasts the outsiders no they were declaring in John 4 4 verse 42 it says that indeed he is the savior of the world the insiders sign seekers the outsiders they were saying you are the savior now look around you look around many of us are insiders here right many of us are insiders you grew up in the church you know your parents were church goers you attended kids church you grew up in kids church you're part of a ministry you attended bible studies you're always present in your life group meetings you know even the prayer meetings 
This is an important call, and I, this is just a reminder for every one of us. Now, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. Because you can be in Jesus' hometown and yet, and yet or still not, not be one of his disciples. You can be in this church for your whole life, yet remain outside the relationship with him. You can be just you can be using Jesus for your own pleasure. No? But really you don't have any relationship with him. Do you want a sign or do you need a savior? Do you want a sign or do you need a savior? You know when we leave here I'll make it easy for you, okay? Don't allow yourself to leave this place without deciding you needed a Savior. Don't allow yourself, when you go there, you go out, don't allow yourself to leave this place without deciding, Lord, I need you as my Savior. Let's pray. Lord, save us, Lord God, from our selfish ambitions of seeing only the signs, Lord God, You do not, but that, that, that you do. But we miss seeking you for who you are, Jesus. Those of us who are in the community, help us, Lord God, not to miss you at the center of everything. Lord. And the reason, Lord God, for everything. Lord, we repent of the times we have put Jesus in a box, limiting you, Lord God, by our standards or by our feelings, Lord God. And Lord, we ask that you... To, uh, we help, help us, Lord God, to take you, Lord Jesus, at your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I ask everyone to please stand for the benediction? I hope it's a good reminder for every one of us that we don't miss Jesus. We seek him, not just the signs. May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses understanding and knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, everyone. God bless you.